is Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Welcome back to another episode this week of Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser of the Blaze Radio Network. Glad to be with you, and thanks for joining me. Thanks for subscribing. And if you're new, thank welcome. Welcome to a one-of-a-kind program, a program that will breach that divide between the West and and the Muslim consciousness, a program that dares to confront the divides, the chasms of uh, um, ideologies between political Islam and its Sharia states versus the West. And the reason that's relevant is here at Reform This, uh, we believe, I believe, that that is the root cause of all radicalization. That radicalization is not just about violence, it's not just about extremism, it's not just about terrorism, it is about a mindset, a state of mind. When that state of mind is about the Islamic State, it's an enemy of the West, it is a theocracy. When that state of mind is about liberty, freedom, universal human rights and equality, it is our friend, it is our ally. So it's not about being Muslim. Well, yes, all Muslims are not Islamists, but all Islamists are Muslim. And we are here to target the ideas and defeat the ideas of political Islam and bring them to a positive place of freedom, of liberty, so that they look through the world through that lens of freedom and not through a theocratic lens of Islamism. You know, this week, the topic of the week was this bizarre reality thing that used to be known as a respectable presidential debate. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think, I would defy any of you to find one person whose mind was changed by watching that car accident that we all ended up watching. I think over 80 million people tuned in, and as much as I wanted to avoid it since I find both candidates compromised significantly when it comes to foreign policy and national security and Islamic reform. Yes, we can make arguments of one being better than the other, but I'm sorry, the debate sort of proved that, you know, you have significant problems where uh, Hillary continues to be an apologist for Islamist movements, for the Sharia state and a technocrat who has been uh, uh, vying for this position for 40 years. And Mr. Trump, unfortunately, is unable to articulate what's at stake and continues to have sympathies for dictators and 
Putin and really has not shown an ability to use words like freedom and democracy. And while many may be, may be able to give excuses for that, at the end of the day, that's what my work is about. Um, yes, the scourge of humanity is Islamism and the Sharia state, but you cannot defeat the Sharia state without defeating dictatorship, be it secular or theocratic. The secular dictators of the world are the root cause of political Islam, and they are the corporate Islamists, while many of us are used to fighting the viral, the ground Islamists that are chaotic and anarchical. But at the end of the day, I believe they drink from the same trough, be it the General Sisi's who may use good rhetoric about reform, but his state is still a Sharia state. And I'll give you a good example of that, of something that happened in Jordan just a few days ago. Before we get to that, though, again, this debate stage was the talk of the water coolers this week, was the talk of the media who saw a political event turn into one of the most watched events in American history. And in no small part due to the celebrity that's uh, running on behalf of uh, the conservative movement. And I say on behalf is it's challenging to say that he is a conservative. Uh, and that's to put it mildly. But where do we go from here? What was this debate? Was it really a debate? The debate we should have been hearing was not this snarky and tit-for-tat personality contest between two dysfunctional individuals. And, you know, I, I have to ask you, how did the world's biggest communications platform for political leaders bring the two worst communication individuals in communication on the planet? I, I, I just don't get it. And I know there are going to be books written about what happened in this election cycle uh, but it's just, it saddens me. But at the end of the day, the debate was a ton of missed opportunities. They talked about national security. They talked about ISIS. They mentioned countries in the Middle East as if they were listing random kitchen sink issues. But... There was hints at not mentioning strategy because they don't want to reveal their cards, as Mr. Trump said, and the other technocrat of Hillary, Hillary uh, rattled off some type of strategy that included some military involvement, but yet appeasement of her Islamist allies from Qatar to Saudi Arabia. So... Where does the American people go? And unfortunately, the debate that should have been occurring this week was best put in many foreign policy circles, which is an interests versus values debate. Interests versus values. What do I mean by that? Is our policy, is our strategy in the Middle East about promoting American interests? Or is our strategy about promoting American values? That's the debate I wanted our candidates to have. That's the debate 
that is raging on the pages of many foreign policy magazines, uh, op-ed columns and, and other outlets in which pundits, some soft, some hard, and and often well thought out, often tools of dictators that want to control the mindset, but at least they realize that the center of the universe right now after 70 years post-World War II, that for whatever you want to talk about the 20th century paradigm, as Condoleezza Rice spoke in 2005 in Cairo, that for too long we have approached our security through stability in the Middle East, and we have gotten neither. And that was six years before the revolutions. And certainly now, post-revolutions in 2011, we are having to truly have this debate about interests versus values. And sure enough, it seems that both candidates were saying the gosh darn same thing, which is our allies are not the people in prison, the people writing poetry about freedom, the people taking YouTube videos of being shot in the streets as they march for freedom in Syria, as they marched for freedom in Egypt, the people who began the Twitter revolution of Tunisia after a self-immolating business person decided he wasn't going to pay the autocratic king his taxes on and on, that these revolutions were about the working class. They were about those who wanted individual human rights and wanted to be free. No, our two presidential candidates from both parties didn't even use, I can't even remember the word freedom and democracy being used in this debate. No, we had them competing about some vague, unpalpable, undiscernible plan and really meant nothing to me as an American citizen, as an American whose family fled Syria for political asylum here, whose America to me has been all about being an idea. I heard none of those ideas. I heard none of those concepts that define Americanism. We've lost that the heads of the two major American political parties have, whid have whittled down the foreign policy national security to debate, not about modern reform, not about freedom, not about universal human rights, but basically about American interests in the name of stability and that the absence of terror has become a value. North Korea, I think, is probably one of the most peaceful places on the planet in which there's no terror, and yet every citizen of North Korea is terrorized by its government as the worst, most offensive government on the planet, and now Syria has gone far ahead because it is openly assassinating its citizens and has displaced millions and is now heading towards 600,000 dead. And still, the freest 
the leader of the free world, which will be one of two candidates, will continue in the abysmal, disgusting tradition of President Obama where there has been no defense of freedom abroad, there has been no articulation of the values, and we have played fifth fiddle where our Secretary of State, John Kerry, has been functioning as Lavrov's intern. And for Secretary Clinton to somehow have us believe that her position to Russia will be any less subservient than Mr. Trump's is absurd. It'll be the same. And we have eight years of Obama's subservience to Russia to prove what role America will play in which a Russia rushes into Ukraine, in which NATO did nothing, in which Russia has now been inhumanely bombing innocents in Aleppo and elsewhere in Syria while the Assad regime annihilates a population through genocide. And Mr. Trump, for those who believe, will fight the war on terror. I do believe he will do that better than Hillary. There's no doubt to that. But there's no track record either. And I'm very concerned about his verbal subservience to Putin and his assessment that somehow that demonstrates strength when, in fact, as Garry Kasparov said, a pretty knowledgeable Soviet dissident, Russian dissident now, who said that, well, arsenic is a strong drink and the Russian people have been drinking arsenic as long as Putin has been in charge. And I get it. The President of the United States is checked by a Supreme Court, is checked by a Congress and Senate and House and and others, free media and others, that will keep him accountable, that he's not as powerful as other autocrats. But, you know, listen, I, I have to, as an American citizen who loves my country and wants to see our Constitution embodied, I want our leader to not only talk about protecting the free people, but talk about positively becoming the ambassador for the principles of Americanism, which are liberty and freedom, and all of the principles embodied in our U.S. Constitution. So this interest versus values debate is just profound. And no, none of it was in the debate this week between Hillary and and Donald But I want to have it here. So when we come back, let's have that debate. Let's talk about interests versus values and what you didn't hear and what 82 million people missed out in the conversation this week about American policy and the role of the advancement of freedom versus the protection of American interests. This is Zudi Jasser for Reform This, and I'll be right back. You're listening to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser. The Blaze Radio Network.